1: Welcome to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. It is Monday. Oh, my. Yeah. It, but it feels like, uh, I don't even know what day it is. I mean, the news is round the clock, 24 hours a day, seven days. We didn't take a break over the weekend. Uh, we had... Uh, th- riots and destruction and fires and all kinds of crap happening across San Diego County, across the nation this week. President Trump addressed the nation today. And we're going to share a little bit of his remarks, talk about that a little bit. After the first break, we've got a friend of mine, former NYPD cop and, and phenomenally brilliant political pundit and TV host. John Cardillo is going to be here after the break to give his perspective as somebody who's walked a beat, who knows what it's like to be out there as a cop, Facing the bad guys every day, including at times of distress and riots, what he thinks should have been happening to protect the American people, to keep it from getting as out of hand as it's gotten, and whether or not he agrees with Trump's uh, potential or or his threat to use the military. George Floyd's brother spoke today, had some interesting comments, and we're going to, one of the things that he, well, you know what, I'm going to say that. We've got African-American congressional candidate Kathy Barnett, who's going to be here at the bottom half of the hour. And I'm going to ask her uh, to weigh in on what George Floyd's brother had to say about voting. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Glad to have you guys here with me. Question of the day for you is, are you ready? Are you ready after all of this? After seeing everything that's happened to go down, are you motivated to write a big fat check to pay back? For the 400 years of systemic racism, because that's the mantra today, and that's where this is going. You ready to write that check to the tune of $14 trillion in reparations? Didn't take them long. It's kind of like any time there's a shooting, three, you know the gun control is coming. Well, here we are, and that's a serious question for you guys. Maybe you are motivated. Maybe you're watching these riots. Maybe you saw the grotesque video of George Floyd, and you feel like, you know what? Okay, I'm ready. Maybe you're feeling that way. I would love to hear from you. I doubt you're from La Mesa, if you're thinking that, with what happened. A beautiful little, sweet little town, suburb of ours, little community here in San Diego that was burned to the ground. Not all of it, but a lot of it was. I'm disgusted by what's been happening around this nation. So, no, I am not in the mood right now. I do not feel like I owe anybody a dime. But let me know if you think you do. 888-344-1170. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew K Show. I'm streaming live on Facebook right now on TheAnswerSanDiego.com as well as our little group, Caniacs. And my buddy, uh, DJ Potato Skins, is here, and he will take your calls. Yeah, no funky
2: liner today. I I really have. I have no words after what I witnessed and saw over the weekend. And, yeah, Mm. I don't – I'm like you. I don't feel like I I owe anything. However, you know, it's just sad what is happening across this nation.
1: Well, it is sad. It's always sad when anybody, uh, you know – loses their life and they shouldn't it's well, always it's always sad when bad things happen to good people it's ter it's terribly sad
2: that cop should have been taken out for, of service a long time ago
1: well yeah he absolutely should who's responsible for that who kept this guy around That's after he right. tormented and terrorized minneapolis how but you know here's uh, here's some interesting stats before i get a little bit into uh president trump's remarks Um, As we're talking about reparations, Heather McDonald is is somebody who's written a lot of books and she comments a lot on uh, gun crimes. And she's got an interesting article out today. Everybody's everybody's aware right now that uh, we had some, we've we've had a mix of things going on. We've had some heartfelt protesters out peacefully protesting. We've had a lot of people that were locals that decided to seize on an opportunity and give a crap about George Floyd. You know, they saw an opportunity to get themselves some goods at a Target, and then we saw an opportunity seized upon by Antifa in order to usher in their Marxist revolution. So we've got a, a convoluted things going on here. Everybody. already knows that let's advance the story here shall we because every bit of this has been exploited by everybody out there on the left and the democrats for power right and all about that's what it's all about and you know um gosh i wish i had more time to get into this but here's some interesting things from heather mcdonald and of which we're not allowed to see one of the things that they do, the left does masterfully, is they'll seize upon a tragic story that grips our hearts. And then we're not allowed to ask any second or third level questions. We're not allowed to discuss any other injustices that happen. No, everything has to be all about that particular situation and that it's used as a weapon against us. She Heather Heather McDonald has an article out today, City Journal. It's called "Darkness Falls," and she talks about what that that what's going on right now is the real civilization destroying pandemic, and she's talking about how in this article about how this is actually a long time coming, and even though we've had these situations in the past with um you know. Police brutality. The reason why she says that this and we even had this during the Black Lives Matter movement under Obama, the reason why it's worse is because the left has had another five years of academically inspired racial victimology. From the New York Times 1619 project, which you see being referenced a lot in these protests, these riots, the constant narrative about America's endemic white supremacy and its deliberate destruction of the black body has been thoroughly injected into the political bloodstream. Meanwhile, she says, facts don't matter. The academic victimology narrative far from destroying the black body. Whites are the overwhelming. See, I'm not allowed to talk about this right now. That's why I'm opening the show with it, because I'm not going to be Bullied. And kowtowing and to have to apologize for who I am, uh, acknowledge guilt over something for which I'm not responsible, and deny the facts on the ground. Whites are the overwhelming target of interracial violence. Between 2012 and 2015, blacks committed 85.5% of all black white interracial violent victimizations, excluding interracial homicide, which is also disproportionately black on white. That works out to 540,360 felonious assaults on whites. Whites committed 14.4% of all interracial violent victimization or 91,470 felonious assaults on blacks. Blacks are less than 13% of the national population. In addition to that, she goes on to say that the national media has been insisting uh, on the theme of the alleged brutal Minneapolis Police Department. They said nothing as black on white robberies rose in downtown Minneapolis late last year with savage assaults on passersby. The um, why are there Minneapolis police in black neighborhoods? Because that's where the violent crime is happening, including shootings of two year olds and lethal beatings of 75 years old. Just as during the Obama years, the discussion of the allegedly oppressive police is being conducted in the complete absence of any recognition of street crime and the breakdown of the family that drives it. You want to have a conversation about race? I'm absolutely, I'm ready to have that conversation about race. But see, they don't want to have a conversation about race. What they want to do is bludgeon us to use a tragic situation and bludgeon us into, um, uh, apologizing and assuming guilt for something that we didn't do, ignoring all the facts. Got to, got to fast forward to President Trump and his speech today. Got a lot of criticism with people waiting uh, to hear him speak. Um, a couple of things that he said. He referred to himself as the law and order president. He said that this country was founded on the rule of law. He went on to say a couple of things that meant a lot to me. Was He said that there, without law, when there's no law, there's no opportunity. Where there's no justice, there's no liberty. Where there's no safety, there's no future. He went on to outlay, uh, outline his plan for what he wants to do, which, of course, is being uh, being referred to as a dictatorship tonight. And I want to play this little clip from him because after we come back from a break, I want to hear. I'm, I'm going to bring in former NYPD cop John Cardillo. Um, I I know that. Do we have time to go to to go to the phones real quick before we go to John? We're going to take the we're going to take a caller real quick. Uh, and then we're going to play a quote from Trump, and then we're going to bring in John Cardillo. It looks like Frank's on the line from, from San Diego. Hi, Frank. Welcome to the show.
2: Try and punch him up on your and Andrea. I got the line stuck in here.
1: Yeah, I can't, I can't see the – I don't have a console in here. We'll have to see if we can get Frank. Go ahead and play the clip from Trump.
0: That is why I am taking immediate presidential action to stop the violence and restore security and safety in America. I am mobilizing all available federal resources, civilian and military, to stop the rioting and looting, to end the destruction and arson, and to protect the rights of law-abiding Americans, including your Second Amendment rights. Therefore, the following measures are going into effect immediately. First, we are ending the riots and lawlessness that has spread throughout our country. We will end it now. Today, I have strongly recommended to every governor to deploy the National Guard in sufficient numbers that we dominate the streets. Mayors and governors must establish an overwhelming law enforcement presence until the violence has been quelled. If a city or state refuses to take the actions that are necessary to defend the life and property of their residents, then I will deploy the United States military and quickly solve the problem for them.
1: So there it is. He says, I'm the law and order president. You're not going to do your job at the state and local level. You're not going to use the National Guard at the state level. You're not going to use your police department to protect the citizens and protect their property. Then I'm, as commander in chief, I'm prepared to do my job. Before we take a break and bring in my buddy John Cardillo, we're going to go to the phones real quick. Hi, Frank. Welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Andrea, I just wanted to make a comment. About three hours ago, our president walked across the lawn to St. John's,
2: stood in front of it with a Bible, and he means what he says. He's protecting us Americans from these fascists.
1: Absolutely. And he said today in part of his his quotes today, he said, what's going on out there is not just crimes against humanity, but crimes against God. And that's absolutely true. And I thought it was a moving moment, of course. Yeah. And, you know, it was a moving moment when CNN is saying that that, you know, th- that it was a, a bad photo op and that innocent probe peaceful protesters were tear gassed so that he could have that photo op no they were tear gassed because they're getting because they were violating boundaries and not not uh, actually not being peaceful there in dc frank thank you for calling i'm gonna have to leave it there so i can so i can get to my next guest but uh, thank you for calling in because i i thought it was a beautiful moment as well so we're gonna take a break we come back john cardillo
0: Follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. A K Dynamite and Address or just Andrea K.
2: Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrew K Show. Just found out during the break that uh, the Walmart closest to us is being boarded up. I don't know if we've got uh, more stuff happening over there. Over the weekend, we had La Mesa, sweet, beautiful little suburb of San Diego, burned down, the Chase Bank burned down, and all kinds of local businesses. And you know what? San Diego ain't done a dang thing to anybody here. This is, obviously, as everybody knows, this, this, these, protest, if you will, have been hijacked by Antifa and others. No Marco Rubio. It's not been hijacked by white supremacists, which is absolute nonsense. People are questioning what the stink has gone on. Why have we had police departments all over this country allowing this to happen? Who's at fault here? Steve Bannon said today in the war room, he's like, it's time for law enforcement to be held accountable, not just the people throwing the bricks. So I had to bring on my law enforcement go to guy, former NYPD officer, brilliant TV host and commentator John Cardillo to join me now and hopefully to some clarity as to what the stink has gone on with the police departments across the country, as well as whether or not he thinks President Trump's on the right track with the threat tonight to use military. John Cardillo, thank you for being here tonight.
2: Hey, Andrea. It's always great to be with
1: you. Okay, well, you sound awful chill compared to where I'm at, right?
2: Now. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, you know, look, I I think with the president's, well, let's start at the beginning. The police departments are byproducts of the political administrations, right? So you and I have spoken about this on air a few times over the years. You're seeing a significantly different tone from elected sheriffs than you are from appointed police chiefs and commissioners, right? So you're looking at New York City, you're looking at Minneapolis. These are chiefs, these are commissioners appointed by the far left mayors, or allowed to be held over by these far left mayors because they subscribe to their ideology. It's reprehensible, it's disgusting, it's stomach turning. I texted a friend of mine my NYPD, I'm literally nauseous at what I'm seeing. You contrast that with Sheriff uh, Grady Judd here in Florida. I tweeted out a video of him. I'll paraphrase, but he said, uh, and it was great. He said, look, here in Polk County, Florida, we have guns. We like guns. And I'm going to encourage residents that if somebody comes to break into their house, steal things and set fire, to blow them back out of the house with their gun. <laughs> so it's really a byproduct. <laughs> you know, he pulled no punches. So it's He really sounds like a, a bubba byproduct.
1: from Louisiana. Okay, go
2: ahead. Oh, he's, he's great. He's a great is a national treasurer, the sheriff down here in Polk, Florida, Polk County, Florida. But it's not as as, you know, uh, demoralizing as it is, as upsetting as it is to watch. It's not surprising. I've been through it. I, I came on the NYPD under David Dinkins. We were supposed to sit there and let people hit us with bottles. A few months later, Rudy Giuliani became the mayor. It was a sea change in like two weeks. Right. So what the Blasiers is doing, what Lori Lightfoot in Chicago is doing, Jacob Frey in Minneapolis, it doesn't surprise me. This is what liberal mayors do. Now, I was really vocal about the president not invoking the Insurrection Act, but I was vocal about it because I didn't want him to be hammered. The left was baiting the president into doing that, right? Mm-hmm. They would love nothing more, Andrews. You know this. Yeah. And President Trump ordering in federal troops and the optics of those troops opening fire on a crowd of black protesters rioters, call them what you will. And then they can say, look at this dictator Trump. He violated posse comitatus. Mm-hmm. He threw the, the soldiers into the streets there. You know, they know how to shoot first. But today he did what I thought was precision. He did what I've been advising. I've been tweeting and ranting about it. He went up and he basically said to the governors, this is on you. This is on you. Look, this is, we have a federalist system. This is on you. I can send in troops if you request them. But if you don't. And I read the Insurrection Act today. There was a 2005 revision. The Insurrection Act gives the president the authority. If mayors of governors aren't protecting their citizens and law and order is breaking down, the president can, use the, can invoke the Insurrection Act and send in federal troops. So I thought the president did a great job. He said to the governors once again, mm-hmm. here I am. I'm standing up here telling you I'm going to do it, but I'm going to give you one more chance to get it together yourselves. But if you don't, I'm not going to let the country burn. I was satisfied. Now he has all the political cover in the world and the Democrats played into his hand. Pritzker in Illinois refused his assistance. So now the residents are going to watch Chicago burn. Mm-hmm. They're going to watch. I just saw a tweet from somebody in Aurora, Illinois, the second largest city. It's burning and they're going to be begging for federal assistance. I think Trump comes out of this a big winner.
1: Yeah, I think he will, too. Um, A lot of people are saying that the reason why this got out of hand was because uh, Minneapolis allowed the third precinct to go down. I I think that this would have been exploited and taken into a national level because I think, uh, as Heather McDonald wrote about today, this has been rife. Uh, We've had five years now, uh, even past the BLM movement, of just continuing to beat the drum, particularly at the college level and every aspect of social media about America in the 1619 Project and all of that um but but you know i could be wrong i you know it could be as simple as the fact that he wasn't charged more like a lot of people are saying today that he should have been charged rudy giuliani today said should have been charged with first degree murder and they shouldn't have allowed the third precinct to go down had those two things uh, not happened it had been charged sooner and charged with first degree murder and the third precinct not be allowed to go down this wouldn't have gone it wouldn't have gone national do you agree
2: well, Rudy, caveat about with saying if the evidence supported it. And now we uh, we saw a TMZ article pop up not long ago that there, the Hennepin County medical examiner's of findings are conflicting the family's private medical examiner private autopsy that George Floyd had fentanyl in the system, had meth in his system. So Rudy did caveat it with the fact pattern supporting that charge. I don't think the first-degree murder charge would have been supported. That's premeditation, and would have been hard. Uh, here's the thing. You, you, you don't see this kind of national and now international coordination within 48 hours of an incident, which is what we saw. Within 48 mm-hmm. hours of, of Floyd being killed or Floyd being killed, we saw these national, very well-coordinated riots, right? right? And they, they went international. I don't think the third precinct in Minneapolis falling would have changed anything. <laughs> it had Me not neither. Fallen. These riots, they were jumping off. These, these were organized. Yeah. They, the, the agitators were in place. Now, it was terrible optically for the Minneapolis PD to allow that to happen and it certainly energized the bad guys but not nah, I don't think I don't think that was a catalyst for the national Congrats.
1: I agree. Bob Kroll, who I guess is the uh, union president, president of the POFM, uh, was trending today on Twitter because he sent a letter out uh, to his members that was leaked, um, in which he said that uh, the, what's what's happening uh, has been uh, years in the, in the making. He said it started with minimizing the size of our police force and diverting funds to community activists with an anti-police agenda. He went on to say that their police chief requested 400 more officers and was denied. He referred to mm-hmm. it as a terrorist movement uh, he also said that he had a plan in which that he presented that it, that involved deploying uh, a thousand at least of National guard and that he was blaming uh, he said from our mayor our governor and beyond how they refused to acknowledge the work of the police department and continue to shift blame is despicable he also went on to say what really had people wanting him to give up his badge was that he said that um, that the media refused to air the violent criminal history of of george floyd your thoughts on uh, bob kroll
2: well look you know bob kroll's the president of the union so he has to advocate for his people but he's also a lieutenant which is atypical you know normally you see the presidents of unions for officers uh as cops right As, as rank and file cops themselves so he's a lieutenant meaning he's a supervisor he's passed a lot of tests he's been approved for promotion by politicians and police administrators and he's got a lot of experience on the street in the bad areas of Minneapolis. So he knows what he's talking about. Now, was what he said indelicate? Yes. But is he wrong? No. And I'm not saying this to besmirk George Floyd. But his choice of words was factually correct. Floyd was a convicted felon. He had a violent armed robbery conviction. Now, so what I think Kroll was trying to do, number one, please understand, police are. I mean, Andrew, it is disastrous how demoralized they are around the country right now. Right. I mean, you've got Bill de Blasio suspending cops. I put up a video. Suspended a cop today for drawing his gun after one of these thugs cracked his lieutenant, a female lieutenant, over the head with either a pipe or a piece of wood. Suspended the cop for drawing his gun. Mm-hmm. I can tell you this. <laughs> Man, that's what he was supposed to do. That's <laughs> NYPD policy. All right? Then they want to fire him cops, the NYPD guys in the Port Authority that ran through the crowd of people that were trying to kill them. You've got the Brooklyn DA out there saying, we want information on bad cops who are being brutal during the riot. No, they don't want information on the rioters. Right. But you've got Kroll talking to his rank and file. <clears throat> they were the first line in this thing. He's just trying to keep his people a little energized. He's trying to say, look, in a sea of all of these people hating on you and wanting to send you to jail for doing your jobs. And look, Sheldon the cop might be guilty. I don't know. A lot of evidence is emerging now. We we now know a couple of things. We know that that neck restraint with the knee was departmentally approved by Minneapolis PD, which I believe, and this is an important. nuance, is why the Hennepin County District Attorney initially said, you know, it looks bad. It violates department. It, it might have violated department policy, but I don't know if I can sustain a criminal charge. Mm-hmm. When well, he said that, what happened? Keith Ellison, the radical, took the case away from them. In Hennepin County. So now Ellison is sitting on the case. He's sitting on the body cams, but you've got two conflicting autopsies. So now you know the move was legal, yeah. and department approved. And now we find out that, according to the Hennepin County coroner, Floyd has something on the system. Does that warrant a murder charge? No. No, in my experience, it doesn't. I don't. I. I, I it's hard to warrant a manslaughter charge. And so I get. I get what Kroll's doing. Yeah. And what others are doing, I it. do too. Kind of say, let the evidence come out. You don't yeah. let the evidence come out. If the evidence warrants a prosecution, you prosecute. But if it doesn't, you don't prosecute people. Because something looks bad, it right. has to meet a criminal statute. It has to meet a bar.
1: Right. I mean, you look at where we're at. I mean, you know, um, the, there's still people in this country that actually believe the "hands up, don't shoot" that was an absolute hoax. There are right. people that, that right. don't that, right. that, that right. still believe that Trayvon Martin would, did absolutely nothing wrong and and ended up dead because he was wearing a hoodie and eating Skittles. You know that the, the withholding of key information is part of the reason why we're here. This narrative that people are out there involving all these right there's a, there's a lot of good Americans that are out there protesting John. Cardillo because they actually believe that for no reason whatsoever that on mass you know black people are just being killed for absolutely no reason by cops all day every day and that's that's just a false narrative. Is this possibly just an incredibly grotesque injustice? You know yeah in which case I hope that he gets absolutely the maximum to him but to have the entire nation burning without any of the evidence without due process taking place and continuing to push the narrative that now this is all just proof that we're nothing but a bunch of you know the, that America's made no progress in slavery and now we've got you know um, the push for 14 trillion dollars in reparations and you know it, and the bullying is now beginning to where we're all supposed to apologize for being white and being willing to we, being willing to write a check you know is just it, it's is where we're going with this and you know how do we get I've only got about a minute left how do we push back we got Marco Rubio out there saying oh these riots are, are, are right and the left, you know, we've we've the Republicans have allowed these false narratives to take root, and we got it. We got to push yes. back against these false narratives.
2: Well, look, you're talking to Cardillo, the Italian guy from Queens. I don't know anybody's Reparation, <laughs> okay? We live in apartments, so but uh, now look, you just did it. You just did it. You push back like that. You push back by going on air every day when you do what I do, and trying to shine a light of truth on these terrible false narratives. So you do exactly what we're doing right now to push back on it. You get on social media and you do your homework and you make sure that you're putting on facts to counter the, uh, the false information, the fake
0: news.
1: Well, we have to. And, you know, it doesn't make us popular. And because we're, you know, what's what's popular right now is to fall on your sword and be Marco Rubio. But, you know, what we need is we need law and order. We need honesty and we need transparency. And anybody that tells me they want to have a conversation on race really doesn't want a conversation. They want to lecture me and make me apologize for being white and being willing to write a check. And that isn't going to solve anything because you can never legislate away um any kind of hate anyway i mean it's all part of this false utopia that the left is trying to present too and they give them full power and they'll make everybody's life every day will be a picnic and every day and you know and every day a parade and that's just falsehood and i'm so out of time john cardillo listen if you're not following john on twitter you are missing out i suck at twitter but that's why i follow john and retweet him all day every day and i thank you for being here appreciate you Always, always a pleasure, Andrea. Thanks. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to bring in African-American congressional candidate Kathy Barnett.
0: Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K, Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, Kay,
2: bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea Kay Show on the Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Protesting, writing for change. President Obama had some ideas today. Uh, supposedly. I read the article. He didn't say nothing. He didn't say nothing. This is not a this was never a man of great intellect. Um uh, but I, I was actually far more impressed with some of the comments today by George Floyd's brother. And here to discuss is Kathy Barnett, Congre- African-American congressional candidate, Kathy Barnett, and author of the book Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain, Being Black and Conservative in America. Hi, Kathy Barnett. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, um, I didn't know if you had an opportunity to hear at least a few of the comments from George Floyd's brother today. Um, yes. So moving, but a couple of things really stuck out at me, not just his call for them to, you know, to end the violence and, and to keep the protest, uh, nonviolent and peaceful. But one of the comments that stuck out to me was he said, they want us to destroy our stuff. And I thought for a second, I thought that's so brilliant. Although I think that he was wrong when he, when he's assuming who they is, because I would suggest Mr. Floyd's brother, that the they wanting them to destroy stuff is the Democrat Party. Because the they who's been in charge has been the Democrat Party. It's been the Democrat Party that's been in charge of the, of the police department there. Been in charge of the city. Been in charge of the county. And been in charge of the state. It's been the Democrat Party that's actually been fostering the violence in the protests. That have sullied what, what should have been a peaceful, peaceful protest on the part of George Floyd's death. And it's been the Democrat Party that has taken advantage of the African American community for decades and done nothing to improve their lives, only keep them oppressed. But I could be wrong. Your thoughts?
3: <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not far from the truth, right? And we're all out here trying to uh, look at what we're look and analyze what is being presented to us, and walk away with what what is the closest to truth. And that's what. And that's the best we can all hope to do and everything that you said i would uh um, agree with that um in in many regards uh the african-american community has been the democrat party's most loyal constituents for the past 56 years so when you say Several decades, a little bit over five decades now, we have been some of their most loyal constituents ever since LBJ came up with the Great Society idea in the '60s. And what exactly have we gotten for that loyalty? We're seeing it being played out on the streets in front of us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 yes, I was I was moved by you know uh, his call. To peace, his call to remember, you know, to honoring his brother's life, because I believe he recognizes, like so many of us in the black community recognize, that what started off as a genuine protest against injustice and wanting to make sure that we had our voices heard in regards to this one police officer, four altogether, but the one who had his knee on Mr. Floyd's neck, but calling out that level of deliberate uh uh deliberate disregard for for human life um you know he recognized that it it may have started off peaceful but it has been co-opted by a criminal element that is bent on making our nation ungovernable, and that's exactly what they are uh, doing uh, right now. They're making they're making it impossible for the nation to be governed right now. Mm-hmm. And it is all being perpetuated by uh, what, how I see it as domestic terrorism. I think our president is spot on, and, and calling it what it actually is. These are not. I mean, it starts off peaceful during the day, and then as you're watching the news, everyone seems to be surprised that as it gets dark, it turn, it quickly turns from peaceful to rioting and looting. And right now, uh, before the cover of darkness, these criminals have become so emboldened and brazen that they're ripping off boards downtown New York in broad daylight. They're not even waiting for right. the cover of darkness any longer. They're just emboldened mm-hmm. by the lack of strength and force of our our police, and, and the willpower of our liberal leaders.
1: Absolutely. And on top of it, it's so coordinated that somebody suggested today, I think it was Jack Posobiec, that Home Depot be subpoenaed because the large shipments of bricks that are conveniently being delivered and set aside outside buildings to be used uh, to break into buildings, to uh, pummel a- a innocent business owners with and, and to pummel the police with, this is a well-coordinated and well-funded Uh, You know, um, Marxist revolution and it and it is not uh, right wingers. This is this is the left. This is Antifa. This is the Bernie bros. This is the contingent of the left that is not as fringe as I think that people would want to believe. And, And they're seizing upon this as an opportunity uh, to uh, usher in their Marxist utopia, and they're doing it at the black at, at the black community's expense. That's and, and which is uh,
3: what white liberals generally do. White liberals yes. generally co-op the history of this nation and black people specifically, uh, stir up emotions, get everyone all worked up in a tizzy, and then they leverage it for their own personal narrative. One of the things that I find interesting is that when you see news uh, outlets posting pictures of the four officers, you don't see the other three. Mm-hmm. You only, they only zoom in on the white man with his knee on Mr. Floyd's neck, which is upper, which is reprehensible. Right. It is indefensible, and no one—I have not seen anyone try to defend those indefensible uh, acts of uh, Officer Officer uh, Chauvin, I believe his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's interesting that the other three. Um, police officers that were standing there are minorities. Uh, Two of them look to be black and one looks to be of Asian descent. And no one is posting those pictures or talking about the color of those particular people in in essence, I believe, because it doesn't fit the narrative that America is racist. Mm -hmm. And that is the narrative that the left and Democrats like Ilhan Omar and others want the world to believe that America is inherently racist, and there 's absolutely nothing redeemable about it, so we need to just tear it apart mm-hmm. and rebuild it according to their ideology and um, i mean and, and as I look at this it 's heartbreaking. Um, I mean I saw a nation rise up together, calling. Calling what we saw when that viral video went out about seven days ago now, um, calling it reprehensible, calling out for justice. That was the heart of the nation, and it spanned across uh, uh, political ideologies color, uh, gender, socioeconomics, people were rising up as a nation, and you would think that would have been enough, right? Mm -hmm. Because now we're all in solidarity. That's what you want. You want us to see this, to recognize it as a nation. We want others to see some of the things that does happen, not... Not systemically as 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 some would have us to believe, but we wanted the nation to see what are what goes on sometimes in these areas, and we had a nation that was rising up right um and 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 doing that, but apparently it wasn't enough, and then right. that tells you what the true aim of these riots and the looting is it they' are leveraging chaos. There are some people out there that are just taking advantage of the greed. I get to go get some new Snickers and phones and all Mm -hmm. of that kind of stuff. But then you have others who are leveraging it for a for, I believe, a political reason.
1: Of course. Um, and they're, because,
3: and they're distorting the
1: memory right. of Mr. Floyd. Well, another comment that George Floyd's brother made, uh, which I want you to address, is, is he said, you know, this isn't the way to go about it with violence. He said the way to go about it is to actually affect change, and that means to vote and know who you're voting for. And I thought that's absolutely right. Uh-huh. Know who you're voting for because you know what? You were right. At the beginning of our, of our segment, you talked about how the African-Americans have been taken taken for granted and have been very loyal without really thinking about and paying attention to who they're voting for. And he was talking about no, not just the president, but all the way down, because it's been the Democrats have been in every, every control of every level of the government there in Minneapolis. And I would suggest, actually, that the issue with the Chauvin guy who had dozens over decades of police brutality incidents against him, some against white people, really was just is really just a, a power mad psychotic. Nutbag. I don't even know that it's about race, but he should have been taken out and prosecuted a long time ago. It wasn't long by long the Democrats. Ago. You look at everything going on with the, the black community and how they've, that the, after eight years of Obama. That black community was no better off. After a few years of President (laughs) Trump, we've got he's invested in historical black colleges. The First Step Act, Opportunity Zones for African-Americans. He wanted to stop the flood of illegals who were taking jobs away from the African-American communities. I agree with George Floyd's brother. Y'all need to be paying attention to who you're voting for. Final thoughts, Kathy Barnett yeah you know what i mean you're absolutely
3: right what exactly did obama do for the black community i love asking that question i love saying you know i'm not even asking you to give me two three and four and five things just give me one thing that obama did that that significantly benefited the black community because every other community i can tell you exactly what he did for every other community except for the black community and you're right when you're looking at systemic racism take into consideration that these cities that we see that are burning down, they are predominantly Democrat and they've been Democrat for a very long time. Um, I believe in Minneapolis, uh, that city has been ran uh, by Democrats uh, since, since the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And so who, so who exactly can you can we point the finger to? Politics is very important, and, and it reaches into every aspect of our lives, and it will behoove each and every one of us to pay attention to who right now is in leadership and who is showing uh, strength and willing to meet, uh, meet this aggression with apt force.
1: Well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, her website is KathyBarnett.com, KathyBarnettForCongress.com, and her book is Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain, Being Black and Conservative in America. God bless you, lovely lady. Thank you for being here. Thank you. All right. Now, y'all stay tuned. we got a little bit more coming up. Who was it who actually called for violence and shooting the rioters? Stay tuned. More of that coming up.
0: Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. News, politics, and current events. It's the
2: Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. I see Judge Sullivan has responded, um, or at least had a clerk response. We're going to have to, I'm going to have to delve into that tonight and see, you know, that was when... um, he decided, Judge Sullivan, the, the prosecutors and the defense all agreed to drop the charges. And Judge Sullivan, to refresh your memory, was like, oh, not so fast. I think I'm going to bring in somebody to argue against me dropping the charges. And then an appeals court was like, um, you know what, Sullivan, you got 10 days to respond here because we expect you to drop the charges. So I read that he has responded and it was a bunch of buffoonery. Um, so I'm going to have to uh, look at that tonight and report on, on that. Um as well as the fact that there's there's some more, I guess, information that's come out about Michael Flynn and the emails. I think I think the real takeaway of that and the transcripts of his phone call is that, according to everybody, uh, there was no there there, and there was which means that there was nothing but continued lies on the part of Mueller and then Grack uh, to the courts about probable cause to continue investigations and to continue uh, and as well as what went down with the Jim Comey sending the FBI agents, the entrapment in which they targeted him for the purpose of getting him prosecuted. So I'm going to read, uh, read on about that tonight and see if I've got anything new uh, to, to share on that for tomorrow. Um, yeah. To show the absurdity, just circle, circling back to the fact that the pressure is on and everybody tonight saying, you know, wh- what we need is we need all of America to basically acknowledge that you know, it's it's continuation of 400 years of systemic racism. I don't want to hear that from anybody that's defending Joe Biden. I'm old enough to remember last week him telling a black man, "Hey, if you're not if you don't know who you're going to vote for right now, you ain't black." Okay? Imagine Trump saying that. Uh for Trump tweeted out I think a couple days ago over the weekend or something like if um You know, if there's looting, they're shooting. Oh, he's calling for violence against people, against the protesters. He's calling for violence against black people. I don't want to hear from you. Criticizing Trump, unless you are coming out against Biden, who said today he went to a church, I think it was, somewhere in Delaware. He went to the Bethel AME Church, Potato Skins, in Wilmington, Delaware, today. And his solution was to shoot unarmed people in the leg rather than shooting them in the heart. President Trump did not come out and ask for and call for it, the shooting of unarmed protesters. Do you know what happens when you shoot somebody in the leg, DJ Potato Skins? You fall down. Well, <laughs> it can actually strike the femoral artery, a major passageway for blood transport, Sorry, which I'm could be a doctor, <laughs> which could be just as fatal as a center mass wound. Didn't know it, that. It's but but it, but what do they do with the police? They tell you, don't shoot unless you're going to shoot to kill. You don't wound people. There's no purpose in trying to wound people. But whether or not this could end up being a fatal wound, I am so sick and tired. This is why your movement out there is not getting sympathy. Because, like, what do they
2: expect the cops to do? Run the other way? Sorry, guys.
1: Well, but the, here's – it's the hypocrisy that's killing me. You have completely lost – You've completely lost your moral imperative with anything related to this movement when you were supporting and justifying violence. When you are a police chief out of of Raleigh, North Carolina, saying that you're not going to have police protect the property that's inside of a business, that means you were telling looters to go ahead and steal to go ahead and destroy we're talking about how many business owners have had their entire livelihoods destroyed it was bad enough what was going on with the coronavirus you have destroyed dreams you are allowing people to be victimized
2: some of which will never recover
1: they'll never recover they'll never recover you have completely lost any moral imperative here when you're not being honest when there's exculpatory evidence on, on on for any of the police officers involved, you've lost your moral imperative when you were encouraging, when you were criticizing protesters for lockdown, saying that they're going to cause a spike in coronavirus, but you're perfectly okay with all these people being out there, not only protesting, but rioting and burning down churches, burning down buildings, destroying businesses. You've lost any kind of moral imperative when you refuse to acknowledge any crimes against innocent people, and you're justifying it. So, or and when you're defending Joe Biden, we're going to be back tomorrow night, six p.m. Pacific time. Thank you, Carrie. Uh, thank you, Taterskins. Thank you, John Cardillo. You Kathy it. Barnett. Love you all. Peace out.